Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing great. Welcome to the day. Welcome to the boost. Thanks so much for joining us. Honored to be together. I appreciate your time. Appreciate the really the the work showing up means a lot. Thank you. Times of plenty, times of famine. This is where we're at. This is what we're talking about. Yesterday, I believe. Sometimes in between day to day, I forget exactly what we're up to. But yesterday, I believe we discussed this idea that working on our minds and allowing ourselves to build a relationship to thought takes place at times of plenty. Okay, so what that means is we've never been trained to identify a certain category of thoughts as not us. We've been trained to do that other categories of thoughts. Which, by the way, is very healthy. I gotta say. There's a ex-Navy SEALs author named Jocko Willenick, I think his name is. Wrote a whole bunch of books and seems like an incredibly impressive dude. And he does some crazy stuff. Like eats one meal a day and, you know, really cool things. See, he had a quote that, like, I read, and I was like, holy mackerel. It was really powerful. And he says, discipline equals freedom. Just think about that for a second. Discipline equals freedom. The discipline that we have in our in ourselves is really what sets us free from the world around us. It's counterculture to the way the Western society operates. A Western society mind will tell you that Discipline is the, really, it's the enemy of freedom, right? Because freedom is do whatever you want, whenever you want, for as long as you want, right? What, what, what that quote, what that line means, discipline equals freedom, is that in order for us to enjoy the material world, we have to be masters over the material world. You don't really enjoy something that you are the slave to. And this is what we started talking about yesterday with the happiness or two days ago. Remember the baseline shifts? I'm trying to think about where, where I saw that. I, I saw the, the baseline shifts. I forgot which researcher. Don't let me. But the idea is that if you're living in this world and you are a slave to something, you don't really enjoy it even though you have it. I was talking to somebody recently whose son has achieved an enormous amount of success early in his life. Got involved in some business and exploded. And he has a lot of money for his age. Let's say it like that. And so him and his buddies like just live a very hard, fast, not, not hard, easy, fast, loose life. Right, money is not an issue, and when you have more money than you can spend, and you don't have any real guardrails in your mind, and there's nothing really holding you down, sometimes you go off the rails, and this kid's going off the rails, at least according to his parents. And so, in they were telling me that he had a comment to them that really struck them which was he 
like he was close to them ish. Right? I don't want to get into the details too much, but like he's close ish to his parents. Let's say it like this: he's respectful to his parents, right? So he's not close to them, but he's respectful to them. So when he sees them, he's not he he's respectful. So he made a comment to them once. They said that all of what he has, he can't taste. Meaning, he can't taste it. It's too... It's not sweet to him. He has so much stuff so quickly that he he doesn't have the ability to appreciate it. So they keep on driving for more, thinking that they're going to taste it when they get more, but they never do. And he didn't fully, I guess, get there, but he just sort of dropped a hint along the way that there's something off. You see, when you have too much too quick and you don't have the mind to process it, you can run the risk of being a slave to it. Sometimes if you grow up in something, you become a slave to it. And so you need it. And so you don't really get to enjoy it because you need it. So the standard of having something is now the baseline what discipline does is discipline shows you that you don't need it discipline is the ability to set a goal the ability to have a vision the ability to go somewhere and then to look at the environment around you and say I don't need the environment I need the goal and what that does for you is that it actually creates freedom because the freedom that you have is not needing the thing around you. And once you don't need the thing around you, when you get the thing around you, you really enjoy it a lot more. And in this case, the, the quote was connected, I think, if I remember, to food. I'm sure it was a philosophy in his life, but this guy... Jocko Willenick eats one meal a day. He doesn't need to always be like pounding protein power. And he, he gets to focus the discipline of food into one meal a day. And so I'm sure if he eats throughout the day, it's a different feeling than needing it. As we go through life, and as we start to train our brains that the thoughts that come into our mind is not us, we start to create a greater discipline around our mind. And as you create a discipline around your mind, you start to create a greater sense of freedom. Right? I can tell you this from, at least from, from really, and it, you know, I see this sometimes even with young kids. You know, we keep a kosher home. We eat kosher. Now, when you eat kosher in the world, like, there's a lot of foods you cannot eat. Like, the vast majority of all foods in the United States of America... I cannot consume which is fine but what always strikes me as amazing is that when you see younger children somewhere right at like a supermarket or at an amusement park or at whatever or at a Winn-Dixie and they pick something off the shelf and they start haggling with mom about Call, please, can I, can I, please, please, we need it, I need it, I need it, I need it, you know? 
it's good for you. See, it's got fruit. I'm like, that's not even fruit. That's like fruit coloring. They're like, but it's still fruit. I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't even look like fruit. It's not even, it, it was never in anything grass. It, it never touched grass. It lives in a laboratory. Still, many times when you tell some of those kids, it's not kosher, something changes in their brains. They go, oh, okay, fine. It's an incredible experiment. Why is that? Because they were trained when they were little that not kosher is not negotiable. It's not negotiable. Like, you're not eating non-kosher. Like, yeah, if it's kosher, I'm, like, going to give in maybe if I'm in the mood. So a kid's like, I got this. They'll capitalize. But non-kosher, you're not giving in on. And so in that little head of that kid who needs that candy, there's, like, a little bit of discipline that says there's a line that we don't cross. There's a thought. Somebody train that kid. That when the thought comes into your mind to eat that, if it's not kosher, that thought's not you. You don't need it. It's non-negotiable. It doesn't matter if you're hungry. It doesn't matter. Now, if you're like starving to death, we can discuss it. But most kids, thank God, when they're in a Winn-Dixie or at an amusement park, are not starving to death, even if they claim they are. Discipline, which leads to a freedom from having to eat whatever is in my hands. The discipline of the thoughts that I have not been trained on. The discipline of when I think I am going to fail, I don't know that to be true. And so the thought that comes into my head of, you're going to fail be nervous about this this person intimidates me because they don't respect me that's a big one big one big one you can't believe how big this is you know how many people are mad at people for no other reason other than they feel disrespected by them and they can't even articulate it you think they're so great? What is that? Why do people like saying that? Because they're disrespected. And they feel disrespected. And by the way, the other person doesn't even really disrespect them many times. Sometimes they do, but many times they don't. But we stereotype people. We assume people with certain backgrounds or statuses or look down on us. These are all thoughts. They're thoughts. They're not real. Why do we think that for? Maybe we had an experience with somebody. Maybe we're overgeneralizing. Maybe we're insecure in ourselves. You walk into a room, you feel insecure about you know, what you have, so you now all of a sudden assume that people that have more, there's something wrong with them, or they don't respect you, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Just thought. And we've never trained ourselves that. Just because I think ill about somebody, it may not be true. And the best way to deal with it is actually to go over and to try to be nice to that person. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this or anyone's perfect at this. But when you have somebody in your life, especially if you don't know them well, 
that you assume thinks ill of you, the best thing you can do is to actually be nice to them. Because two things will happen. Most likely they don't think Ill, Ill of you because most people don't think about other people. They think about themselves. And just having something positive that you're giving creates a positive energy cycle within the two of you. Or if there is something they're thinking about, they're like, that's crazy. That's such a nice person. So the, the counterculture way to deal with broken relationships, forget the stuff where like there's fighting and all that. Just regular, I don't, assumptions of relationship stuff. Regular, like, you're big and important, I'm not important, why would you ever need for me? Like, I tell people, people tell me this all the time. There are people that I've spoken to that have, like, that are real, like, you know, influential people in, like, the community and the business world. Like, they're real people. Like, they have the aura of perfection. And they'll tell me, like, someone said this to me, like, it's so hurtful. I'm like, what? You're hurt by that? Like you're a big dude. You're you're a, you're an important woman. Like you're in charge of a big thing. Like what are you getting upset about? Like and and they hold it in better, but they're human beings. Someone comes up and says something nice. Someone comes up. Yeah, but I'm a little nobody and they're so big. Who cares? They're humans. When you when we are able to approach people and the thought comes in they're too important, they're too big, they don't respect me, whatever, all that stuff. All that stuff. And by the way, even when people say something, even the bickering, even when, when actually there's something going on, usually that something comes from an insecurity. I just had this somewhere, I forgot where, where uh, I was talking to my family about this. We're talking about somebody, I forgot, who did something I, f- I don't remember but the the, the 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 gist of it was every person that I guess got in trouble or did something wrong there was a reason for it they didn't just wake up in the morning and do something everyone's got a reason why they're not positive and usually when you break it down deep enough you empathize with that but the thoughts that we have that get in the way of what about me and it's not right and they're this and they're that and they're this and that we judge them unfavorably the thoughts that we have for ourselves I'm going to fail, it's not going to work no one's going to like me, I'm a nobody why would I do this, how can I do this I'm not qualified for this I don't have time they don't respect me that stuff what has to happen if we want to get rid of it is we need to start to train ourselves in these things. There's a point in our lives where we don't go to school anymore. There's a point in our lives where we go out into the world and we have no choice but to train ourselves. Lots of people find themselves in a job and they have no real training for them. And they have no choice but to figure it out themselves. Many of them do. That's what we have to do with our own minds. We got to use the time of plenty, a moment when you have in your life that's calm, not to just detach, not to just turn off our minds, but to use our minds, to leverage our minds, 
so that during these times where I don't have to be on to deal with something, I can start to think of my own thoughts and start to train myself. Hey, I was scared of this. It didn't pan out. Reminder that next time you get scared, it's not going to, it doesn't mean it pan. Hey, it happened again. Hey, Hey, I was scared of this. It didn't happen. Hey, I predicted wrong. Hey, I was wrong. I thought the person was X, but then I heard that they weren't. And then the thought comes to you and you go, wait, wait, this is a thought. I don't know if that person's like this. I don't know if I'm going to fail. I'm not even listening to the thought. I'm not, I'm not listening to it. I'm not going with it. And you practice distancing yourself from a thought that is something you've never done before. You never had to worry about that category of thoughts. All right, we'll talk about this. So much more to talk about. All right. Thanks, everybody. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again. And thanks so much for tuning into The Boost.